What is up, everybody? Welcome to a new episode of Comics in Reverse. This is Dalton Wires coming at you with the second installment of the Flash series here at Comics in Reverse. Today, we're talking about Mr. Bartholomew Henry Allen, also known as Barry Allen. This is a lot of people's favorite Flash, and this is just my favorite superhero overall. He's my number one guy. I've read all of his books multiple times, except for some of the the brand new stuff like... uh, in the rebirth i haven't read i'd say the last four or five issues but i will be catching up very soon today we're going to learn a whole lot and um i'm going to try to go as slow and make as much sense as possible because sometimes barry allen's story gets very confusing and he interacts with a lot of other superheroes so i'm going to try to keep it focused on barry for the most part um and this may turn into three four five episodes i'm not real sure how long it'll be um, I've got 21 pages of notes on... This is just Barry Allen. Um, and this is this is not Wally West. This is not Bart Allen. This is not Jay Garrick anymore. Um, this is just Barry Allen. So bear with me on that. We're going to get through it. I love talking about The Flash. So let's just get right into it. So he was created in 1956. Uh, first appearing in Showcase Number 4, published by DC Comics. Um, created by Robert Kaniger and illustrated by Carmine Infantino, uh, who did Flash illustrations for many, many, many years. Um, most of the ones that you see from the Silver Age, the Bronze Age, a lot of that is Carmine. does a fantastic job. He is mainly responsible for doing, for creating what the Flash looks like. So definitely big props to him because I think the Flash looks fantastic. Um... Diving into just some of Barry Allen's powers and abilities before we really get into the, the stories. Um, so Barry Allen is the generator of what's called the Speed Force. So vaguely defined, the Speed Force is like an extra-dimensional energy force uh, from which most super-speed-powered heroes draw their powers. So it serves as like the ultimate measure of velocity in the DC Universe. Um, and it's often referred to in terms of barriers. So you have the sound barrier... The light barrier, the time barrier, the dimensional barrier, and then the speed force barrier is the highest ranked barrier. Now, Barry Allen is the very source and creator of the speed force, and he can generate more speed force with every step that he takes. Therefore, he's pretty much the fastest, and he can just get faster if he needs to, like up to technically unlimited speeds. Um, Just like when he escaped the negative speed force, which that's the story we're going to talk about. Now, for this very reason, the fact that he's the one that generates it, he's unaffected by other speedsters trying to steal or drain his speed, because he's just going to continue to generate it. He's the source. Now, Baryon is arguably one of the fastest beings to ever have existed. There are races out there, stories with him racing Superman. Go check those out. I will see if I can find the issue number. I actually didn't look it up. I'll see if I can plug it in here. Um... Now, he's currently fast enough to easily break all of the barriers that I just mentioned and even enter the Speed Force itself. And he's actually one of very, very few people to have ever escaped from being trapped inside the Speed Force. Now, he tries to limit himself to going to staying below the speed of Mach 10 because speeds above that level get catastrophic to the environment no matter what you're doing. Um, now, he's outrun death, literally, in the form of the Black Racer. And he can reach any speed that he can imagine. Like I said before, it's pretty much unlimited. Now, if Barry ever gets trapped in a dimension without the speed force, he's the generator of it. So he can just create it. And now that dimension has a speed force. This was actually illustrated in a story called Flashpoint. 
uh, which we will also get to, because that's one of the most popular DC stories ever written, and for good reason. It's amazing. Now, getting down into some of the abilities that he's got. Superhuman speed is obvious. Um, so anyone that's connected to the speed force in any way, shape, or form is called a conduit, a speed force conduit. And now conduits are connected to the barrier and accumulation of all speed known in the universe. So these characters immediately understand how to run at superhuman speeds, and their bodies instinctively understand how to react at high-speed situations. Now, older speedsters tend to have a reduced max speed of around 770 miles per hour, which is just below, like, the sonic boom level. And this still allows them to react to situations without causing civilians undue stress. Now, speedsters in their prime can travel at much faster speeds. Um, and the max level of recorded speed on Earth is even reached past the speed of light. And that was, of course, Barry. Now, it's possible for these conduits to travel a lot faster than the speed of light. However, such levels do require an incredible amount of stress. And the body, it's very difficult for them to accomplish this. Speedsters that are unaccustomed to like going their max level speeds, they may end up detaching themselves from the speed force or even become part of it by accident. So they do have to be careful. They have to utilize it accordingly. Superhuman reflexes is another ability. So Barry possesses reflexes far greater than you or I or any other human being. And this allows him to see and perceive other speedsters and instantly react to nearly any attack or event at any speed. And Barry just does this instinctively. He doesn't have to think about how fast it's going. He can just perceive it. He's also got superhuman agility. So his agility, balance, and body coordination are enhanced to superhuman levels. This allows him to take 90 degree turns and leap far distances, all while continuously moving at that superhuman speed. Um, speed force conduits are not invulnerable. They are fairly durable, but they can still sustain damage. And if they are harmed, they will hot heal at very high speeds. And like any normal wear and tear that we would feel is almost instantly healed. So he's not going to really feel tired at the end of the day unless he does a lot of really fast running. Any normal type of running or moving is, is not really going to affect him that much. They also have the ability called aerokinesis. So speed force conduits that can plant themselves on the ground and rotate their extremities really fast can create an incredible amount of wind. Um, and most speedsters use this ability automatically when they run, reducing air currents around their body low enough to where there's basically any wind resistance. It doesn't inhibit them at all. Um, through the use of the cosmic treadmill, Barry Allen can use his speed to create wormholes. This allows him to travel all throughout the speed force. Using his speed mind enables him to willingly enter and exit the speed force at will. And as Salazar, or as uh, Solovar once said, the mind will always be faster. Another one is called electrokinesis. So Barry's body generates speed force energy that manifests itself as yellow lightning. So you'll see that as he's moving. The heat from this lightning also creates a thermal expansion that allows Barry's suit to be stored within a ring. So Barry's capable of projecting bolts of lightning from his hands as well and forcefully discharging a large burst of lightning from his body. Barry also states that metal reacts strangely around him and this is probably due to the electricity that's generated from his body magnetizing and conducting metals near him. Um, speed Force Aura. This is a fun one. So people who are propelled by the conduits during high-speed situations can survive harsh conditions associated with mock speeds. So that is to say if Barry Allen runs up and grabs you, saves you from a burning building, you're not going to be affected by the harsh conditions associated with these speeds because of the aura um, around you. The speed force aura will protect you. 
Um, phasing is another really, really cool uh, power that speedsters have. So speed force conduits can vibrate their molecules so quickly that they can achieve intangibility. And this allows them to basically pass through objects, like walk through walls. Um, and it also allows them... They use a different version of it to run on water, stuff like that. It's really, really interesting. Um, and those are the main powers associated with speedsters now. Keep in mind that everyone that's connected to the speed force may not use it the same way. So some speedsters, they neglect their brain. They, they only operate at superhuman speeds. They never slow down enough to try to understand the full potential that they have. So they can test theories, understand difficult equations, run trial and error in their brains. In seconds, different conduits access this activity in different ways. So they don't always... I could be attached to the speed force by brain and not necessarily be able to run really fast. So it's just different ways of being attached. Barry is attached in every single way that you can imagine. As I mentioned earlier, he creates the speed force. He generates it. He's the source of the speed force. So he's connected in all ways. Diving into some... Well, actually, every single one of Barry Allen's stories is going to take a long time. Like I said, I've got 21 pages of notes. Everything that I just read to you didn't really count as part of the notes. This is just stuff that I'm reading off the top of my head. Uh, it's stuff that I just know about speedsters because I'm so obsessed with them, I guess. Now, to start Barry Allen's story, a lot of people don't know Barry Allen actually had a twin brother. They were both born two weeks late to Henry and Nora Allen in a very small Midwestern town called Fallville, Iowa. Yes, Barry Allen was born in Iowa, in the Midwest. So all you Midwesterners out there, tip your hats. You're welcome. Um, the brother, the twin brother that was uh, born, was produced, was pronounced stillborn by the doctor that uh, actually gave birth to them. Uh, his name was Dr. Gilmore. This was a lie. In actuality, he'd been born very healthy, but he was given to another family whose child had died during birth. This baby was given to a family with the last name of Thawne, and that baby would one day become Eobard Thawne, the reverse Flash, Barry Allen's greatest enemy. Now, the lateness of Barry's birth foreshadowed his bad habit of always being late. So Barry had a very bad habit of always being late everywhere that he went. Um, and he actually grew up reading comic books. Barry Allen was a big comic book fan. His favorite superhero was, who we spoke about before, Jay Garrick, the original Flash. And he would, um, as a kid, he would act out many of his heroes' adventures with his friend and future actress, by the way, Daphne Dean. Um, when he was a child, though, his mother was killed. And his father was actually convicted of the crime, of course. If you've watched the CW show, if you're a fan of The Flash, you already knew that. That's very common, and that's the basis of Flashpoint, is that he goes back to stop this from happening. But we'll get to that. Now, the drive to prove that his father was innocent gave Barry very, very strong belief in justice. And in high school, Barry had a reputation for being slow and very easygoing. On his first date, he went to a carnival. This is a fun story. His dad wanted to put a little motion in his life, so they went on a roller coaster first thing. And because of this... He developed a fear of roller coasters. A fear that he never got rid of until very, very late in his life. And Barry was also a big fan of chemistry from a very early age, and that helped his skills as a farmer. Um, like I said, he's from Fall of Hill, Iowa. They have farms there. They actually ran a farm. 
he won first place in the Fallville County Fair Agricultural Competition, a prize which included a full-ride scholarship to Sun City University. Um, when he went to college there, he graduated in three years with a major in organic chemistry and a minor in criminology. Um, and while a senior, Barry actually helped the authorities apprehend a bank robber, and as a result, he was offered a job as a police scientist for the Central City Police Department's Scientific Detection Bureau. Um, and now, he was eager to be in the sister city of his childhood hero, Keystone City, um, which he accepted the offer. So, like I said before, Keystone City was the home of one uh, Jake Eric, who was the original Flash, who Barry was a big fan of. The sister city to Keystone City is Central City, so Barry moved to Central City, and he got an apartment with a laboratory in the back. Pretty soon after, Barry began dating Central City Picture News reporter Iris West, whom he met while he was examining a murder that she was reporting on. She was really charmed by his honesty and his stability. And that same night that he met Iris, he goes to his lab. He's doing an experiment, and there's an electrical storm. And all of a sudden, a bolt of lightning straight through a window. It shattered the chemical cabinet and covered Barry in these chemicals and the electricity. And it knocks him out. Now, he's pretty dazed after he finally comes to, so he decides to return home in a taxi. However, the taxi started to pull away and never noticed him. Barry started to sprint after it and ran right past it as if the, the taxi had been standing still. So he was a little weirded out at this point. So he decided to sit down and recollect his thoughts at a nearby diner. Now, a passing waitress accidentally spilled the items of her tray onto Barry, who amazingly caught them all in midair and returned them to the tray. Yes, if you've watched Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man... He did that as well. It originated in the 1960s Flash storyline. So this was stolen from DC by Marvel. Shame on you. Still a really cool scene, though. It's probably one of the coolest scenes in that entire Spider-Man trilogy that I'm not a huge fan of. The next day, Barry actually saves Iris from a stray bullet. And this is when he really realized, there was no question about it, that freak accident had somehow given Barry superhuman speed. So, he decided to use his powers to help humanity, and he designed a special costume molded after his one and only hero, Jay Garrick. So he used a special cold cast polyester, polyester that he developed in college, um, which could be molded into miniature outfits from liquid material that, when submerged in a special liquid, became sensitive to hydrogen, expanding on contact with the hydrogen in the air. A charge from a battery-powered ring he wore on his finger caused the fabric to release the extra hydrogen, and it would shrink right into the ring, so he could wear it on the ring, pull out the um, the suit whenever he needed it. Later on, he would actually um, change this and make it sensitive to nitrogen instead of hydrogen. It makes it a little bit easier. Uh, he dubbed himself the Flash, which was a tribute to his childhood idol. Um, now, he, he actually briefly considered wearing a costume that would show his face, kind of like Jay Garrick did. But in the end, he decided to w that it would be best to wear a mask to conceal his true identity. And the first villain that he ever faced as the Flash was called the Turtle Man. Very interesting story about just a really slow thief that kind of tricks the Flash at first. It's a really interesting read. You might check that out. Uh, if you're into graphic novels, it's actually in uh, the Silver Age Volume 1. It's the second issue. Really fun story. 
uh, now as the Flash. Barry would later become a founding member of the Justice League of America, where he became best friends with Hal Jordan, the Green Lantern, with whom he had many, many adventures, both with and without the Justice League. Um, and then later he ended up discovering that Jay Garrick was actually a real person, and they became very good friends. So there is more to Jay Garrick's story than what was given in our previous episode, but I really didn't want to get too much into it without explaining Barry Allen and all of his powers and abilities and what he did to change the Flash mythos because it would have been a lot more difficult to explain without giving you any kind of background. So we'll get into more uh, Jay Garrick within the stories of Barry Allen and Wally West as we go through those. So getting more into the life of Barry Allen. One summer was a huge summer. Iris' nephew Wally came to visit her in Central City. He was a huge fan of The Flash, and he knew uh, his aunt's boyfriend was a friend of The Flash. Uh, actually, it was he was The Flash, but Wally did not know that, so a meeting was arranged. The Flash offered to answer all of Wally's questions, so Wally asked how The Flash had gained his powers of super speed. The Flash explained the events of what had happened, which made Wally like, verbally out loud say he wished something like that would happen to him. Now, it just so happened, Barry had actually set up the chemical cabinet in his lab the exact same way that it had been during the night that he got his powers. And, just so happened, plot convenience, I guess, there was a thunderstorm that day, and all of a sudden, almost as an answer to Wally's verbal wish, the same freak accident that gave Barry his powers repeated itself, this time dousing Wally in electrically charged chemicals. And now that he possessed the same powers as the Flash, Wally wanted to be a hero just like Barry. So at first, he donned a smaller-sized copy of Barry Allen's costume, the exact same costume. Uh, and Central City Picture News dubbed him as Kid Flash in a headline. Now, Wally's original costume was later transformed into that uh, yellow and red design um, that you see now for Kid Flash. Um, and as Kid Flash, Wally wore this costume for many, many years until he outgrew his teenage appellation and ended up becoming the new Flash after the death of Barry Allen. Now, that's a story that we're going to need to get into a little bit later. Eventually, Barry ends up proposing to Iris on a Ferris wheel at the fair. She accepted, of course, and they got married, in spite of the efforts of Professor Zoom, who attempted to foil the entire ceremony. Now, this is interesting. Barry hid his identity as the Flash from Iris for a year after they were married. Although, she knew the entire time because Barry spoke in his sleep on their honeymoon saying that he was the Flash. So she knew the whole time. He was worried that the accident had made him less human and that maybe they wouldn't be able to have any kids. But he did a bunch of tests in that first year of marriage and he determined that, yeah, they'd still be able to have kids, so he decided to reveal the secret. Now, it wasn't long before Professor Zoom ended up taking Iris's life at a masquerade party. Yes. Professor Zoom killed Barry Allen's wife, Iris. As a result, Barry chased him into the time stream and left him there. He left him there. When he came back, Barry ends up meeting and dating another woman named Fiona Webb. Years later, on the day they were supposed to be married, Somehow, Zoom showed up again, 
and claimed that he would once again kill the wife of the Flash. Once again, Barry chased him all the way across the world and as a result failed to show up to his own wedding. In the end, as Zoom was about to kill Fiona, Barry accidentally killed him. The Flash was charged with manslaughter and had to face a long trial, and by long I mean two years worth of comic publications long. It was a long story. And along this timeline, Barry's face was actually disfigured severely in a battle with Big Sur, so he went to Gorilla City to have his face repaired. And since Barry Allen was supposedly missing, he decided to have it reconstructed into a completely new face so he could keep his secret identity dead. Later, though, Barry was brought into the 30th century, where Iris, Iris was actually from, and had been reborn there. So for about a month, Barry and Iris lived in happiness, thanks to great advances in reconstructive surgery that had been made in this era. Barry also looked the same as he was before he had his face restored. Later on, Iris would have twins, Dawn and Dawn. A male Don, D-O-N, and a female Don, D-A-W-N. And at this point, Barry had retired from being in the Flash. Wally had taken over the mantle, and he was living, and Barry was living with his family in the 30th century. The final issue of this Flash story arc reads, at the very end, and they lived happily ever after. For a while. That was a very interesting cliffhanger. That was a very interesting cliffhanger, and it made a lot of fans excited for whenever Barry might come back. Little did they know, it would be almost 20 years before we saw him again. Now, the crisis on infinite Earths brought Barry out of retirement. The 30th century was beginning to fall apart. Natural disasters were occurring despite the technology that had been created to stop them. And reality itself was starting to fray. So the Flash returned to the 20th century to warn his fellow heroes. And just as he started to warn Batman, he was pulled into the antimatter universe by the Anti-Monitor, where he was mentally tortured by this Psycho Pirate. Finally, he ended up using the Psycho Pirate to turn all of the Anti-Monitor's servants, the Thunderers, against him. Now this gave him enough time to destroy the Anti-Monitor's antimatter cannon by running around it and destroying the outer casing. He ran so incredibly fast that he entered the speed force forever. He was trapped. He was dead. Marv Wolfman and George Perez wrote the story that killed Barry Allen. It was a very interesting, very heartbreaking story. Crisis on Infinite Earths is probably top five DC stories. And Barry Allen's right at the center. As he usually is in these big crossover events. Now, there are multiple differing accounts as to what happened to Barry after he died. So, some accounts say that he was transformed into electricity and went back in time, eventually becoming the very lightning bolt that very first struck him and gave him his powers. Um, there was an anti- there was an extra-dimensional amnesiac character who later showed up in the Marvel Universe, implied to be Barry, only remembering his name as something like Buried Alien. Buried Alien. Um, he later adopted the alias Fast Forward and learns of the concept of the Speed Force, portrayed as a sort of Valhalla for speedsters. So that's another use of the Speed Force. Apparently it becomes a Valhalla for dead speedsters. Now, Barry is shown to have joined the ranks of legendary speedster heroes throughout time and death. 
this still allows him to become the lightning bolt that struck him in the chemical accident. Now, later on, Oliver Queen ends up meeting Barry when he visits the aspect of heaven, following his own resurrection in the, in the story Quiver. Um, now, Hal Jordan and Jason Todd are also seen here, as Barry gave Oliver advice on the afterlife. The witch, Thessaly, also encounters him at the Dead Legends Cafe. So in death, he is portrayed as kind of an amnesiac who doesn't even remember his own name, but still maintains some of his heroic characteristics. During Identity Crisis, a different DC crisis, it's revealed that Barry was actually part of a conspiracy uh, where Zatanna brainwashed Dr. Light, and they did a mind wipe of Batman's memory of the entire event. And when Infinite Crisis happened, Barry Allen's soul appeared from the Speed Force, along with Johnny Quick, Max Mercury, a couple of other speedsters, to help Barry's grandson, Bart Allen, deal with Superboy Prime. He took the villainous lad with him into the Speed Force. Bart Allen later emerges from the Speed Force wearing Barry Allen's costume, and in Tokyo tells the stories about how Superboy Prime escaped. Once again, Bart Allen reappears to combat Superboy Prime, and it, we learn that Barry Allen actually spent four years in an alternate Keystone City, along with Max Mercury, Johnny Quick, and an alternate version of Jay Garrick, until he finally met Bart and Wally West, joining them for the battle against Superboy Prime. Now, after Superboy Prime ends up escaping, Barry offers the suggestion that someone that was still living, one of the still living speedsters, needs to absorb the entire speed force across the dimensional bridge to bring back post-crisis Earth. Now, Bart volunteers, and Barry gives him uh, his own flash suit as a gift to keep the feet of this force contained, and Barry stays behind. Very interesting story, and it's strange how Barry can be alive, but also be dead at the same time. It's just his connection to the speed force allows that to happen. It's really interesting. And now, Barry Allen has recently actually appeared during Final Crisis as well. He was seen chasing the bullet that was fired backward through time that killed Orion, and being chased by the Black Racer in what appears to be the Mordococcus virus. He simply says to Wally West and Jay Garrick, Run! Now, Barry and Wally accelerate one month into the future, only to find that Darkseid has conquered the world. Um, and they are soon discovered by a group of female furies composed of the anti-life Corrupted Wonder Woman, Batwoman, Catwoman, and Giganta. Very interesting group of ladies there, and they're corrupted by the anti-life equation. Ooh, man, what a battle. And they finally, they manage to evade the Furies, and they head into Iris' apartment. And Barry is actually able to break the anti-life equation's hold over her just by kissing her. And he assures that everything is going to be fine. Shortly after that, Jay Garrick makes his way into Iris' house, and is reunited with Barry and Wally. And once Jay gets there, Barry explains the plan. So, because they had led the Black Racer to the present, Barry would lead him to Darkseid, and let the Black Racer claim Darkseid's soul. Barry wanted to go alone, but Wally insisted on going with him, and Barry relented, asking Jay to keep Iris safe. Now, in this race to Darkseid, Barry does manage to hit Lightspeed, and he leads Wally all the and the Black Racer all the way to Darkseid's base in Bloodhaven. Now, Darkseid is very aware of the threat that the speedsters pose, so he fired the Omega Beams through his anti-life slaves, but the two flashes managed to outrace them, luckily, barely. 
At the very last second, Barry told Wally to save himself. Now both flashes went through together, running past Superman, who was very surprised to see Barry, because like I said, 20 years he hadn't been around, and they vibrated through Darkseid, causing the Omega Beams to hit Darkseid, and allowing the Black Racer to remove Darkseid's, Darkseid's essence from Dan Turpin. What an incredible story. I don't do it justice. You need to read the story. It is amazing. And now, one of the greatest superhero writers of all time brings Barry Allen back to life. Jeff Johns takes over in Flash Rebirth. Now, this, this is not DC Rebirth, the 2016 version. This is the original Flash Rebirth, written by Jeff Johns. So shortly after the crisis, where they destroyed Darkseid, and although his family and friends were overjoyed that he came back, Barry was uneasy, because he wasn't sure how to explain how he escaped the Speed Force, because Max Mercury, Johnny Quick, they were all still trapped inside. But Barry decides not to waste the second chance, and he goes to the Flash Museum to catch up on what he's missed while he was gone. While he was there, he met up with his old friend Hal Jordan, who had also died and returned. Now, Barry and Hal discussed their unease over their return, and he felt that he did not need to come back. Barry did. Barry told Hal Jordan to tell Wally and Jay that he wasn't going to the parties that had been set up to honor his return, and then he sped off on patrol. But, while he was running, a rogue speedster that Wally had encountered named Savitar somehow escaped the speed force through Barry. Now, when Barry finally managed to catch him, Savitar disintegrated before Barry's eyes. It was that easy. All he had to do was touch him, and he was gone. Recently, Barry and Wally found the Black Flash apparently dead. And after that, Barry became the new Black Flash. When he realized that his presence could potentially damage or kill innocents, Barry actually flees back into the Speed Force, where he encounters his old friends Johnny Quick and Max Mercury, who we mentioned earlier. Max tries to tell Barry that his becoming the Black Flash is not his fault, and Max and Barry are then pulled into a different pocket of the Speed Force, and the real culprit of everything reveals himself. And it's Professor Zoom. Zoom reveals the depth of his plan. So his plan was, after Barry briefly aided Kid Flash against Superboy Prime during Infinite Crisis, Ebard Thawne was able to send a subliminal pulse into the Speed Force to draw back what was left of Barry's self-awareness. Now this led to Barry's reappearance during Final Crisis. Now after this, Zoom ended up transforming himself into a new kind of speedster and created the negative Speed Force to try to contaminate Barry and his other speedsters. And before Barry can fight any further, Zoom actually fades away. Wally ends up entering the Speed Force to retrieve his uncle. After venturing deeper into the Speed Force, Max reveals to Barry that it was him who himself, Barry himself, who created the Speedster's source of power. Barry unknowingly did the same thing throughout his career to create the Speed Force. So Barry did not know about the Speed Force up until just now. Meanwhile, Wally manages to reach Barry and Max, and the three begin to attempt to escape the Speed Force. As the heroic speedsters are recharged with energy, Barry, Wally, Jay, Max, and Bart all charge towards Zoom. 
Now there are seven speedsters who battle against Zoom, and despite being outnumbered, Zoom still manages to pull Barry away from the group. He reveals that everything horrible that has happened in Barry's life, including the murder of his mother, that he did it. Zoom killed Barry's mother all those years ago. He then decides to destroy everything by killing Barry's wife, Iris, before they even met. He goes back in time, kills Iris before they met. Barry chases after Zoom, and so does Wally. Wally ends up telling Barry to push as hard as he can to break the time barrier. Doing so, they reach Thawne, and he became the lightning bolt that turned Barry into the Flash, right as they are able to stop Zoom from killing Iris. Now, as the two Flashes push Zoom back through time to the present, the two Flashes see that the Justice League, the Justice Society, and the Outsiders have all built a device specifically for Eobard Thawne. Barry tosses him in and activates the device, and this severs Eobard's connection with the negative speed force. The flashes end up tying Zoom up to stop him from running. With the threat pretty much neutralized, everyone celebrates by welcoming Barry back, and then celebrating the speedsters in general. Um, later on at the police department, Barry ends up closing the case on his mother's death, and then opts to take all of the other cold cases that they had after he died while he was gone and investigate them. And then Barry ends up spending some time with Iris before racing off to Washington to celebrate his own return to the Justice League. And he apologized, of course, because he was late. And this is going to bring us into Jeff John's Blackest Night storyline, which is a great place to stop this first episode. Um, so maybe roughly 35 minutes is pretty good for the first episode. Um, and then we'll, so we'll dive into Blackest Night and a little bit more of uh, Barry Solo before going into Flashpoint. And Flashpoint's where things start getting real fun. Real fun. But Blackest Night, of course, is one of the greatest DC comics ever written, so it'll be fun to talk about that as well. Uh, appreciate you guys listening. Uh, definitely be sure to check out Andrew's, uh, whatever he's got coming next week, uh, Cable or, uh, or Moon Knight. He said he's got a few suggestions from you guys, so we definitely appreciate you guys sending those suggestions our way. And uh, let us know what you, th- keep letting us know what you think. We appreciate it. We really do. Uh, we're having a lot of fun on this podcast, um, and we're learning a lot about each other and about all these awesome franchises that we're fans of. Um, we're also learning how much work it is to keep up with the podcast so um, all the feedback it, it just keeps us motivated to continue doing this stuff and it's so fun I have fun recording with my friends every week talking about things that otherwise we wouldn't really make the time to talk about if we weren't recording it so um, we appreciate you guys uh, keep listening keep letting us know how we're doing and uh, stay safe out there